on, put your hands together and give God some praise. He's worthy to be praised. I got my green on. I'm ready for Christmas. Are y'all ready for Christmas? I, I'm telling you, this worship has prepared my heart, and uh, it, I'm just looking forward to it. I'm just so thankful that I'm here this year to celebrate another year of our, our Lord and Savior's birth. Are you glad this morning? Hey, you know, there's some folks that didn't make it, but thank God we are here to celebrate our Lord and Savior's birth. Let us pray. Father, we just praise you, God, for uh, just God sending your only begotten Son. Lord, you knew that we needed a Savior, and you sent your Son as a baby boy in the flesh, oh God, to save so many wretches like me. So God, we are so thankful, Lord, that we come today to celebrate for the rest of this month of December your Son, Jesus Christ. So prepare our hearts, O oh God, for the Word, Lord, and we'll be so careful to give your name all the praise and honor. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. So worthy. So today is the first day of Advent, Advent. Now, Advent is going to be a four-week uh, period leading up to Christmas. And, and during this uh, time, for the next several weeks, we are going to be really focused on four things, and that is uh, hope, uh, peace, uh, joy, and love. And today, um, I'm going to talk about hope and what hope means and I don't know about you, there have been many times in my life where I really needed hope. Hope is one of the most powerful, most important, and most misunderstood virtues in the Bible. In fact, it is so important that your faith cannot work without hope. Now, we know what it says in Hebrews eleven six. It says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I'm just going to tell you a really short story about myself uh, many, many years ago, and this is a story about hope, and this is a personal story. Uh, it actually happened 47 years ago. And y'all are probably going to probably say, well, were you, were you two years old? No. <laughs> but but it, it, happened, it happened 47 years ago. Um, uh, you know, when I grew up, you, your parents said, when you, once you start acting like you're grown, it's time for you to go. So my parents... Uh, said to me, because I started acting like I was grown, it's time for you to go. So I left my little town called Fort Davis, Alabama. Uh, I don't know if you know where that is. It's between Tuskegee and Union Springs. Do I have any Fort Davis people in the house? I thought so. There's none. <laughs> but th that's where I'm from. Uh, and, I, and I jumped on a plane, and I, and I flew out and, start, and lived in a, a little bit bigger city called Los Angeles, California. So here I am, a little country boy out in Los Angeles, California. And back in those days, uh, there were no jobs. I'm telling you, there were no jobs. I mean, I would take anything if I can get it. I looked every day for a job. I went by McDonald's. I went to grocery stores. I'm telling you, there was not a single job for me, it seemed like, especially for African-Americans. So I would just search and search and search to find a job. 
And I was hoping that one day I would find a job, but man, it just seemed like it just took forever. So just so I wouldn't get depressed and, and bored, I had to occupy my time doing something. So I would just go play basketball every day, all right? So I would leave my house and I'd go by one of my friend's house uh, who lived about a mile and a half from me. Of course, I didn't have a car. So I had to walk to his house, but I took my basketball with me. So I would dribble every day. Dribble that ball every day. By the way, I was a pretty good basketball player, too. I dribble that ball every day to his house, and then we, we would hang out a little bit. Then I'd jump on the bus, and I'd go to this park called Dorsey Park in Los Angeles. That was where all the ghetto ball players played. And, you know, I was pretty good, so I played with them. So I'd, go, I'd do this same routine every day. And one day I was, I was dribbling the ball, and... I passed by this cleaners, and I looked in there, and I saw this real pretty girl in there. And I said, man, she's fine. And, and, I, and I, I didn't do anything. The next day, I dribbled by, and I saw her again. I looked at her. I said, oh, my gosh, she's beautiful. And I said, man, but I'm not ready. I don't have a job. So third day, I just dribbled my ball. And uh, by the time I got to where she was working, I saw her in there. So I did a little bit of fancy stuff, dribbled through my legs. <laughs> And all that. And she didn't look at me, so the next day I kept going and I kept dribbling. I'd go behind my back and I'd right, right in front of her. Shoot, just try to get her attention. She never looked at me. So that lasted, y'all, for six months. Six months I would walk past this cleaners and look at this girl, and she never pay any attention to me. So one day, my dream came true. I got a job. And that's six months without a job, walking past that cleaners, looking at that pretty girl. So I got a job. So my brother called me. He says, there's an opening at this, at this company. You need to go out there and apply for it. So I got, jumped on the bus, y'all, took the bus to this company, filled out the application, right? Guy gave me the job that day. Man, I was so proud. I had that job. And so I jumped on the bus. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take the bus. I'm going to go to that cleaners, and I'm going to introduce myself to that pretty girl. I jumped on the bus, got off the bus, went into the cleaners, and I said, hi, my name is Benny Tate. What is yours? And she says, my name is Tanya Jackson. I says, really? I says, would you like to go out and play tennis? She says, this is the first question she asked me. She says, do you have a job? <laughs> And, and, this, and this is what I said to her. Y'all watch this. This is what I said to her. I says, you think I'd be walking around here without a job? <laughs> and I got my paperwork in, in, in my pocket. Well, this, this pretty young lady is the lady that I married 43 years ago. And that's time you take. Now, now that's, that's, some, that's, some, that's some pretty good hope. I was hoping that I would get a check. And I was hoping that I would get a girl. Guess what? I got them both at the same day. That's, that's, some, that's some good hope. So today's title for today is going to be the season, the season of hope. The season of hope. And I, I want you to turn your Bibles to uh, the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, chapter number 29, verse number 11. Those of you that are online, I'll give you a few moments to find the book of Jeremiah. And if you, you can look on the screen. Uh, Jeremiah 29, verse number 11. Jeremiah 29, 
verse number 11. And it says, for I know the plans I have for you. How many of y'all know that God has a plan for you? He says, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of the most often quoted verses in the Bible. He emphasizes the fact that God has a plan for our lives. His plan is for us to prosper and give us hope for the future. Many of you uh, during this Christmas season are going through some struggles emotionally and you're in need of hope. You have stress on your job, you stress, stress in your home, Maybe some of you are are having hard times paying your bills. Even just listening to the news brings a level of anxiety in our lives. So today I I want us to kind of, I don't want you to forget about what you're having to go through in life. But I do want you to focus today and for the next several weeks and embrace the fact that this is the season of Advent And we need to focus on our Lord and Savior. And today we're going to focus on hope. And we're going to do that together this month. And we're going to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ and how he came to save a lost world. I'm so glad that he came to save me. Because I don't know about you, but I was lost and I was on my way to you nowhere without a God on my side. But thank God that God uh, felt so bad for me, and I'm making this personal, that he sent his only begotten son to, to, to come to this earth and then die for my sins. Isn't that something? So we need to embrace that this morning. We need to embrace that for the next several weeks leading up to Christmas, and we need to praise him for all that he has done for us. Well, you need to know that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. Isn't that right? He, he, he is the Lord of lords and he's the, he's the king of kings. He is our redeemer. He is our deliverer. He is our rock in a, in, in a weary land. He is the will that is in the middle of the will. The hymnist said that, 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 that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. You better recognize who he is and give God some praise. Amen. 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 Well, hope, hope is, is, is not a pipe dream. It is not a, a word of uncertainty. So, so, so for those of you that are weak, you, you better get strong if you want hope. It's not a word for folk that are uncertain. When the Bible speaks of hope, it's talking about the very opposite of uncertainty. Watch this. Hope means to trust. The Bible says that we must trust in the Lord with all of our heart 
and lean not on our own understanding. Hope means that we need to wait for. Oh, sometimes it takes time for hope to manifest itself. I like what the psalmist says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me. That means that he looked down for me and he brought me out of the horrible pit and he set me on a rock. He wouldn't have done that if I wouldn't have waited on him. You you need to wait on him. You you, You need to wait Look for him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and and all his righteousness and all these things that you've been waiting for will be added unto you. And lastly, you need to expect something special in the future. You may have been waiting for a long time, but let me tell you something. God has something special for you. He has something special for you with your name on it. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. I like what Tony Evans says. Tony Evans says, hope is the confident expectation that God is going to do what he says he will do. Let me say that again. He says, hope is the confident expectation, meaning that you know God's going to come through, is the confident expectation that God is going to do what he says he will do. God's promises are yes and amen. He will never fail us. He will never let us down. He says, I'm with you even until the end of time. Well, back in the day, In the Old Testament, the the prophet Isaiah had to come and prophesy to God's people, the Israelites. And I'm telling you, they were just reckless. They were doing all kind of stuff. They were partying. They were in sin. It was just that kind of time. I guess if I was living back in those days, I'd probably be right there with them because I'm telling you, I was somebody, somebody. (laughs) Y'all trying to act all holy? Y'all would have been there too. The prophet Isaiah came and he used to tell him, you better turn around. You better change your ways. You better stop doing what you're doing. But this one time that he came, he came with a message of hope. And this is what he said in Isaiah 9, 6. He says, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. They needed to hear that word back then because they were a, they were a suffering, they were a sinful, they didn't know where to turn, they didn't know where to look. They needed to hear that word. They needed to hear that, that someone was going to come to give them life. You know, it took 700 years 
for Jesus to be born since Isaiah prophesied that. Even in the Old Testament, prominent people, those that you know in the Bible, exercised a season of hope. In their personal journey, they struggled. Some of them had disbelief. Some of them doubted God. And I'm sure that we do the same thing sometimes. Some of us lose faith in God because of circumstances and what we're having to do and go through in life. For example, Abraham and Sarah hoped for a son that was promised to them by God. And it took such a long time. Joseph hoped to become a great leader in Egypt. It took a long time, plus it took a lot of stuff that Joseph had to go through. Joshua had relentless hope as he led the Israelites into the promised land. Job had unwavering hope as he went through immense suffering and loss. I've been through that Job experience. Have you? Noah had crazy hope, waiting 120 years for rain to fall on dry land. All of these great men and women of God exercised a season of hope in their journey. Some of you are involved right now in a season of hope. You're looking for hope. You need hope in your personal journey. Perhaps you're sick and you're having to deal with with some kind of illness and you're looking for hope for healing. Well, let me testify and tell you that I believe that we serve a God that is a healer. And your healing is coming. I know because that's what I do for him. I stand beside those that are sick and I walk with them until God gives them healing and then they can go out and testify how good God's healing power is. Maybe you're having problems in your relationship or or marriage and hope seems to be at a far distance. Maybe your job or your business is struggling and your dreams seem like they are fading away. Maybe you're single or, or, or you're a single parent feeling like you're all alone with, with no hope. Well, I, I've got some good news for, for, for each and every one of y'all this morning. And, and the good news is, is your season is about to change. And, and I don't know about you, but, but seasons don't stay the same. Seasons change. Winter changes to spring, and spring changes to summer, and summer changes to fall. Nothing stays the same. So whatever you're involved in right now, whatever you're having to go through, whether you're sick, whether you're single, whether you're a single parent struggling to raise your kids, let me tell you something. I got a word for you. Your season is about to change. Somebody ought to believe that this morning, that your season is about to change. Let's talk about Christmas because I'm so excited about Christmas. My wife and I, and I should say my wife, she, it's like before Thanksgiving, I thought there was a rule that you're not supposed to decorate until after Thanksgiving. It's before Thanksgiving. She's got me going up in the attic 
pulling stuff down. And then she's decorating not just one tree. This is two trees, and sometimes three is only two this year because we're going out of town. So, so we're decorating, and she's so happy and joyful. And I'm like, miserable. <laughs> because I got to pull all this stuff down and put it together and she's just like putting stuff on the tree. But I, I got to be careful not to get too upset because it's a time for celebration because we're not dealing with the, cr the tree, we're dealing with Jesus. So, so that's a word for the men, don't get, don't get frustrated. So, so it's a beautiful thing, you know, when you're, you're putting up lights and you're getting ready to, for Christmas and you got family members coming over for dinner. You got, you know, Pookie coming over, that, that cousin that always comes and gets drunk and messes up stuff and says stuff that he shouldn't say. Oh, it's a good thing. Christmas is a good thing. It's a good thing to, 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 get to celebrate. And, oh, I just love this because I got grandchildren just seeing my grandbabies come over. And, and, and let me tell you this. They don't open their gifts in front of you. They just get them and leave. <laughs> but just the expression when I hand them their gift. Oh, this gift has your name on it. This gift has your name on it. This gift has your name on it. And this expression that they have on their face. How many of you know that, that, that when Jesus brought you out of the darkness into this marvelous light, he looked at you and he said, oh, this gift has your name on it. This, this, I know what you've been going through. I know what you've done. But, but this gift right here has, has your name on it. Because I, I knew you before you were formed in the, your mother's womb. And I knew what you were going to have, have to go through in life. But this gift right here has your name on it. That's why we need to celebrate. Celebrate Christmas. I love Christmas. And I want, I'm going to tell y'all something else. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm just giving you heads up. I'm going to see the color purple <laughs> on Christmas Day. So let us prepare for Christmas. Amen. Amen. But I do want to say this, and I want to leave with this. I don't, I'm not going to preach long. That there is no gift more needed by a dying world than a life-giving Savior. Amen. Let me say that one more time. No gift is more needed by a dying world than a life-given Savior. Jesus is our hope. My wife and I, we've been around this thing a long time for Christmas. And trust me, I can go out and buy her mink coats and all that stuff on credit. But we do this thing now that we're older and we got so many kids and 
11 grandchildren, one on the way. We don't take a lot of time shopping for each other. We, we, we buy one gift, right? And at Christmas time, we do a gift exchange, okay? So I buy her something, she buys me something, and then we're blessed. We sometimes look at Christmas as being Jesus being a gift for us. And that's good. You should. But we need to also understand that you are his gift to him. And when you are looking at Christmas, you need to do a gift exchange with him. Yes, he is a gift that God sent us. But we are a gift for him. And he has wrapped his holy wallpaper or gift paper around our souls. And he has tied it with a divine ribbon to where no one else can open that gift but him. Are you glad about that? One other thing I want to say before I close is this. Jesus came as a baby. He died as a savior. He sacrificed his life for us. But this is really important. He's coming back. He's coming back. And I want to say this. Our hope should be that he comes back again. Uh, I want to also say that I don't care how good life is in this earth. It is nothing compared to what's ahead. Y'all got that? Sometimes we forget that there is going to be a second coming. Sometimes we forget that he's coming back looking for a church without spot or wrinkle. That doesn't mean that he's coming back looking for someone that never does anything wrong, never says anything wrong. No, he's looking for a people that honors him and that submitted to him and that calls him our Lord. He's coming back, y'all. And when he does, you think this life is good? The next life is going to be gooder. Come on, y'all. Let's give God some praise. The season, the season of hope. The season of hope. Here's my prayer. First of all, I want to pray that if there's anyone in here today or online that you feel like all hope is lost. 
preacher, elder Benny, I heard your story. I'm glad that God has, has, has blessed you, done well, but you don't know what I'm going through. I just want to say this, that God is able. No matter what you're having to go through in life, I've been through a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm up there in age, and I've been through a lot. I've been broke. I've been busted. I've been hurt. I've been sick. I've been disgusted. But I know I serve a God that's able. He's able. Trust me, he's able. So if you're hurting out there, if you, if you, if you feel like you don't have hope or you're, or, or you're losing hope, I, I just want to pray for you. And then I also want to pray for those that, you know, you, 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 you want hope, but you just don't know how to find it. You've been looking to your friends and family members and, 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 and you have not surrendered your life to Christ. He is the one. He is the author and finisher of our faith. You need to look to the hills from where your help comes from. So if, you're, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I do want to pray for you because I want today, if you are the one or two or however many, if you feel like if you die today and, and you won't be with the Lord right away or immediately, uh, I want you to give your life to Christ today. You need to shame the devil and you need to give your life, life to Christ today. So let us go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you are just more than able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we can ask or even imagine. We thank you, God, that in this life we will have tribulations. We, we, we will suffer. But no suffering could compare to what Jesus did on the cross. So we're, we're just praying, oh God, that you would touch every person here in person, those that are online, whatever you're, you're having to go through in life. Uh, I'm just praying, oh God, that you would give them a peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm praying, oh God, that you would give them comfort during this season of Advent to where they, they, can, they can renew the joy, they can renew their strength. I'm praying for marriages. I'm praying for, uh, for health in your body. I'm praying for families, God, that you would bring them together. I'm sure that there's someone here, God, that that, that has disconnected themselves from family members, Lord. I'm praying for a reconnection. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Now, God, I'm also praying for, for, for those that don't know you, your son as Lord. I'm praying, oh God, that you would touch their heart just right now. Do it right now. Lord, that they, that they will say that, that I'm not going to leave this place until I surrender to you. So if you're in here today and you want to give your life to Christ, you want to surrender your life today so you can walk out of here and enjoy what the Lord can give you, just slip your hand in the air. I just want to pray for you. Just slip your hand in the air. Just raise your hand right where you're at. 
Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Amen. And amen. And amen. Let's give God some praise. The season of hope. We're going to end our services. I'm going to ask my brother Chris King to come up and close. Um, I do want to let you know that um, I will be down here at the end of service to greet those that are here for the first time. Um, also, if you want to, if you, if you feel in your heart, and you just were maybe a little bit shy and want to raise your hand, there should be some elders down here that will pray for you if you want to give your life to Christ. And also, if you want to become a member. What, what, what a great time to join the church is in December for, for Christmas. What a gift. And also, next week, we will have new members orientation, so you can join the day, and then you can also uh, attend our new members orientation. So God bless you. God keep you, and, and uh, God bless you. <laughs>